It is the Chicago First Unlimited podcast, featuring interviews of the premier artists and industry in the Chicago music community. My name is Haima Black. I host this podcast at DynastyPodcast.com. This week, Danny Deal. Here's how that sounds. Haima Black at Dynasty Podcast headquarters in Bridgeport, and I am here with Danny Deal, who was good enough to make the trip out here. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, actually got out of bed and took a shower for you, so that's special. I know. I feel, like, extremely honored. I think for people like us who, like, do a lot of, like, production work, media work, work from home, creative work, yeah, anytime you do that, like, shower and clean clothes kind of thing, it's like, look at what I've done for you. <laughs> right? It's actually a special occasion. Right. <laughs> I, I was spending the whole weekend just trying to finish this one remix, and then realized when I was about to come over here that I actually hadn't left the house in a couple of days and but I got the track done so that's what's important. That's the thing man it's like you go online and you have this awesome work that like showcases really well and then you're at home and you're like I haven't showered in two days but my SoundCloud looks really really good. <laughs> if only they knew. <laughs> yeah. You have a ton of stuff going on we're going to run through a whole bunch of different things. First thing I want to touch on because it's awesome is you, congratulations on your very serious very much happening tour with Paris Hilton that's awesome. Thank you. She's a total sweetheart. I'm very happy to be going on tour with her. <laughs> um, did anyone fall for that on, on April Fool's? Um, most people fell for it. There was a difference between my fan page and my personal page. My fan page, most people were in disbelief but fell for it. And then on my personal page, everybody was like, okay, Danny, fuck off. Like, they just <laughs> I read that and I was like, oh, I wish that this was a thing. I wish so much of this. Because I would, in a heartbeat, go to like a Paris Hilton DJ. I, I like horrible things. You know, like the movies that they watch in Mystery Science Theater 3000? I would watch those for the sheer fact of like, oh, this is awful. Yeah. So I would go to a Paris Hilton DJ set in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it, um, the whole thing actually went better than I expected, especially since I got Do Android Stance and Your EDM. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, to both write um, articles about it as if it were real. And then later on after that, we saw that, Trap Style posted the flyer on their page, and they but they legit thought that it was real because of the press. So I thought, yes, that's so great. <laughs> but I I'm gonna laugh when like at some point later, like you're like, you know what? Paris Hilton reached out. What the fuck? Maybe let's do it. Or would you never? Would you ever do that? People have asked if I would actually do it or not, and it's such a double-edged sword because. On the one hand, branding-wise, it may not be perfect, but for me to turn down that opportunity for exposure would be really dumb. It yeah. would be. So, maybe. I would go to that in a heartbeat. <laughs> um, something else you have that you like actually happened in real life. Um, <laughs> You just did this cool promotion. Um, you were part of something with Taco Bell. And I know that for me personally, you filled me in already on what was happening because we used it as like a lesson plan in my class at Columbia. But for, you know, everybody listening who probably doesn't know, like how did that happen and how did it go and kind of what was it like being involved with this Taco Bell promotion? So basically they had announced that they were doing Taco Bell breakfast and they had this magical, wonderful thing called the waffle taco. And so I had tweeted about it. And then a couple weeks afterwards, I got a message from Taco Bell on Twitter saying, DM us. So I did. And they said, call this number before noon tomorrow. Uh, we won't tell you why. So I called them. <laughs> they verified who I was over the phone. And then they said that they were going to send me a cell phone, but they wouldn't tell me why or you know what was the reason or anything. So FedEx delivers the phone. I turn it on and then it turns out it's this magical breakfast phone. And they it's so it. great if they're like, now you're a drug dealer. Right. <laughs> like, well, here's your burner. I know. It's, it, it totally sounds sus, right? It's like, here's your burner phone. <laughs> 
But, uh, but yeah, they, so they had 20 missions. They sent out a thousand of these phones. They had 20 missions that were all Twitter and Instagram related and we could win prizes. Um, so I won Taco Bell waffle taco pajamas. I won. So awesome. Yeah. I won gift cards and, uh, two waffle taco air fresheners. Do they smell like waffle tacos? I'm still waiting for them to come in the mail. Yeah. I can't wait to see like the Instagram of those. That's I know. awesome. I'm so excited. And I haven't gotten rid of the phone because it just seems wrong, even though the whole promotion's over. Now, have you actually had the waffle taco yet? Is it like out in stores or has that actually impacted yet? Or Yeah, it's it's been out, but I actually, I feel bad. I haven't had it because I'm never up in time for <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing for people like us. Like everyone, every once in a while, someone's like, have you been to hot dogs before? And I'm like... They close at three. There is zero percent chance I will ever eat hot dogs. Right. Unless they're like, here's our new like till four a.m. menu. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. The times that I want breakfast at at fast food places, I can't get it, and then vice versa. Like I was driving home the other night and it was five in the morning and they had switched over to breakfast at McDonald's, but I wanted a goddamn Big Mac. I was so mad. Yeah, I like breakfast at about eleven o'clock at night, and then like when I wake up. And around like, like 11 a.m., I like look in the fridge and I'm like, oh, there's lasagna. And I'm like, I can't have lasagna for breakfast. Like, I think, yeah, I'm on that like night owl schedule. It's totally the reverse. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's flipped. Um, Ultra. Let's talk about Ultra because you just got back from Ultra. How was that? Well, I didn't go to Ultra proper. I was there for Miami Music Week. Okay. Um, so I spoke on an official panel about blogs and then I also presented an award at the IDMAs. Yeah, I saw that. Like, did they reach out to you? Do you have a prior relationship with them? Is this like, have you gone before to, you know, the entire week or? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've gone to Miami Music Week or Winter Music Conference before. I've been to the IDMAs as well, but my manager set that up this year and I was really excited. The category that I presented for was Best Electro Progressive House Track, which, so that was kind of a big deal for me. Yeah. And I was so nervous. I, I presented the award with another artist and I we went over what we were going to say for literally hours, even though it was only three or four lines, because I was like, we're going to fucking nail this. We're going to have our little speech. And then nine out of ten of the presenters just walked up and said, and the nominees are. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, no spent, showmanship. No, I spent all this time. We totally nailed it, put a joke in there. Yeah, but it was it was fun. Martin Garrix won, so I, it was cool to present the award to him. And Yeah, I mean, that's that's a, like, that's like one of the big ones, yeah. I got to think. You yeah. know? Um, Sorry for swearing so much, by the way. <laughs> no, that's the beauty of doing a podcast. I love it. That's the number one question I get is like somebody in the podcast, they're like, I'm like how was Southwest Southwest? They're like, oh, it's fucking... Uh, wait, can I swear? Like, yeah. Like, oh, it's fucking awesome. You know, that's <laughs> um, always been that. Um, yeah. So, you know, obviously I think something that is very big that was discussed coming out of Ultra and, you know, winter music, like everything from that is that Ultra might not happen next year. There's some really unfortunate circumstances. A, a security guard was trampled and, and injured. I mean, it's very, very sad, you know. What are your thoughts on kind of this discussion about potentially not having Ultra next year? I think everybody's out of their minds. I mean, if you look at the statistics, there's there were twice as many ambulance runs for Lollapalooza, I think, maybe two years ago as there were for Ultra this year. It's It comes with the territory. And the fact that they only had about 100 and some ambulance runs at, at Ultra, I mean, I don't mean to trivialize it, right. but if we're talking percentages and ratios, I I mean, I think Ultra takes what they do very, very seriously, and they do the best job that they can. I, and it's a cash cow for the city. 
they would be crazy to not host it again. But if they're not going to, Chicago will take it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, man. It's like, and Chicago, I don't know if we're doing EDC again this I year. I haven't heard anything, but like, Chicago is just festival hungry. Yeah. You just throw a fe- like throw a fest in the air, and we're gonna yeah. grab it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I know you've also had a lot of new music in the works as well. Like, I see. Pretty much like every week, I feel like I see some kind of update about like new productions, new remixes. I think you got like a Justice track in the works. Like, what all's going on with that? Um, I just had a remix of a Tidy song come out uh, maybe a week and a half, two weeks ago. I've got a release with CR2 coming out in just under a week, and that's a collaboration with Anna Molly from Chicago and Alex Peace, also from Chicago. So I'm really excited about that. I get to play at Ministry of Sound in St. Martin um, to celebrate the release of that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, especially coming from Chicago. I'm like, shit, take me anywhere with a beach. God. I know, right? With this never-ending 14-month winter. (laughs) Right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so that, and then I've got some other remixes that um, I've done. They're in my back pocket that should be coming out over the next couple of months. So I've just been really just trying to grind away and make sure that I have content out for everybody. Well, yeah, you know, like that's something that I wanted to ask about because I think that the dynamics of the game right now are really similar and you'll appreciate this because you've done the journalism thing and you still do that but I think it's the same for like journalists for musicians for DJs for anybody who's producing any kind of real content for people to consume you have to keep pumping things out it doesn't matter if it's remixes or podcasts or videos or articles like mm-hmm. BuzzFeed lists like how much has that impacted and benefited you you know being a producer and having that side of things versus just only going out and doing DJ gigs you know it's a, it's a good and a bad thing it forces you to, to really be consistent about your work schedule, but it's also a bad thing because I I see some people that are continually putting out songs, but the quality of the music is not necessarily up to par, but there's this pressure to continually make sure that things are, are out there. Right. Um, but yeah, on the other hand, because there is that pressure, my workflow has gotten increasingly better over the past six months. And yeah, I mean, I'm definitely getting faster. It used to take me maybe a week or two to really feel happy with a song. And this last one I did, I did a day. So. Yeah, I mean, for real, like I, I feel like I'm always, and not in an annoying way where it's like, oh my God, another update. Like you're not flooding people, but it's just, it is consistent. It's steady. And I always see new things happening with you. And yeah, I think that's the best way to just stay in the game and stay in people's conversation. You know? Yeah. As long as you, I mean, there was this really interesting um, interview I saw with Dave Grohl that a friend of mine, Phil Rizzo, just posted, and they were asking him about how to stay relevant in the industry, and he was like, if you're in a band, just play as many shows as possible and be a really fucking good band, because if you bang it out and you create great music, then people will want to follow you, and that still stays true. I mean, there's this expectation for content, but if you make sure that you're really good at your craft and you bang it the fuck out every time, then you'll pass that glass ceiling. Yeah, no, I agree. It's really hard. I see a lot of people struggle with that. And again, not just on the music side, but everywhere, you know, where people, I think there's an expectation like, well, I did something really great. Why haven't people discovered it? And it's like, Sometimes that's not enough. Like you can't do one great thing. You keep. Yeah. You have to keep doing great things. It's not, not about what you've done. It's about what you're doing, right? <laughs> oh my God! Absolutely. You know. Um, 
something I want to touch back on on the Miami side. I totally spaced on this when I was talking to you about it, but when you brought up Animal, you did this Chicago um, in Miami up all night party yeah. with a lot of Chicago talent like Milk and Cookies and Born and Chicken. Yeah. How was that? It was interesting. It was at a strip club where you could actually touch the strippers. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> so bummed. Right? So bummed I wasn't there. <laughs> I'm not used to that where guys can actually like slap their asses and everything while they're putting dollar bills in. It was, and the place looked like it was really weird. It was super classy, but then there were these strippers that were just getting down and dirty. And then there we are. I mean, of course, porn and chicken, right? Okay. And there we are, porn and chicken, very chaste, yeah, right. very not accustomed to that yeah, environment. Not yeah. at all. Not at all. Never <laughs> seen anything like it. <laughs> but yeah, it was fun. It was just, it was weird because a lot of the crowd that was there was from Chicago. So it really felt like a takeover. It was all of our friends on one rooftop in Miami. And I'm sure that porn and chicken and milk and cookies just were like, oh God, we have to go to a strip club. I can't imagine they were excited about that. When I saw milk and cookies at the Chicago nightlife, Awards. I asked him about that party, and his face just went white. And I, this is really sad. I actually don't know which one I was talking to because they're identical twins. I but know. so his face goes white, and he was like, "I literally think I spent four days there." <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. I can't wait till I have them back on. And that's first question would be like, "Tell me about your lost four days." Right? Tell me about the time you lived in a strip club in Miami. <laughs> oh my God. Um, you know, something that I know that has happened for you recently and you touched on a little bit here is you have a manager now and you're somebody who absolutely has been able to navigate her career and take it really far without a manager. You know, you're somebody who I've always seen being entrepreneurial, being forward focused and just going out and making things happen for yourself. You've never just been like, oh, I'm going to wait until someone discovers me. What is it like now being the kind of artist that you are having somebody who's helping you and, and making some of these things happen for you? I'll say I never knew I needed a manager until I had a manager. And now that I have him, I can't believe that I did what I did without having somebody else. Uh, the amount of time that he frees up for me so I can actually make more music is astounding. It's crazy. The, He's done more for me in the past four or five months than I've been able to do for myself in a couple of years. Well, I think there's a lot of expectation now for artists that, you know, they have to do the industry side as well. And I think there's some truth to it. You, you have to be savvy about it. You can't just solely rely, I think, on being musically talented. You have to know how things work. But, but yeah, I think that there's probably a lot of people who don't know that they need the help because they're, they've been conditioned to hear like, you have to do it yourself. You have to do all these things. Well, you do, you do have to do all of that. You know, you, you still have to go out and be seen and make the connections and the handshakes. And, you know, if you're questioning whether it's the right time for you to have a manager, I would say, do you have a consistent body of work? Um, do you think your stuff is up to par? Have you had songs released yet? If you're not at a point where you have releasable music and multiple items in your catalog, then maybe it's not the time. You know, a manager's there to help propel you when you're already at the starting gate. Yeah, man, I think that that's so true. It's so important to, yeah, absolutely. Like, show up prepared. Mm -hmm. Don't just approach a manager and be like, I haven't done anything. Make it happen for me. Why aren't I on the, like, why aren't I playing fader for it at South by Southwest? Yeah, well, it's, you know, you got to build your resume before you apply for the job. Absolutely. Um, something else that happened, you know, very tragic, very sad. Frankie Knuckles passed away. It's not even worth 
explaining his impact because it's clearly obviously known. Um, but you have kind of a cool connection to his legacy. I don't want to make it sound like I'm like, you know, you have a cool connection to his death. You have a connection to his legacy in that you covered the opening or unveiling, however you want to describe it, of his street corner, you know, his street title. How did that go like you know I guess kind of like tell us the story of how that happened for you back then and what it was like yeah it was it was when I was first starting out at herb magazine and it was the first pitch that I had given to them for a news article that they accepted so I was really stoked about it on several levels and I still I was looking at all of the original photos that I had from that ceremony and it was just it's still so cool to see these pictures where the alderman is shaking Frankie Knuckles' hand and they're yeah. both posing with the street sign and you know that our city truly recognizes the impact that he had and the legacy that he left. And um, I don't know of any other city that really supports EDM or I got why did I say that dance music right <laughs> it's because you're so conditioned to like how it has to be presented now that's true that's actually true but the fact that we support music on that core level a lot of other cities can't match it yeah. you know we have free concerts in the park every summer with people with like, like green velvet yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely you know and, and i think you nailed it is that chicago obviously has this history with like with house with industrial with so many different styles then and now of, of various electronic and dance genres and now a lot of cities a lot of markets a lot of festivals a lot of outlets are picking up to, you're right, EDM. Mm -hmm. Chicago has history with dance music, right. and there's such a difference. There is a difference, and it's it's really interesting because there's starting to be this divide I'm seeing where it's very us versus them, the people that just got into it, and then the people that maybe have held on to it for a little longer, and mm -hmm. frankly, I don't really care. I think it's exciting that everybody is starting to get into the genre and hop on the bandwagon that's i mean it's better than not having any support for it right exactly yeah. i mean you know it's what we all wanted now that we have it we're like you know get out of my sandbox <laughs> that's every scene though I that's know, every funny. scene everybody works to make it and then once they make it they're like no you weren't here yeah. go away <laughs> yeah. i mean i don't yeah i don't care if the only person that somebody's heard of is tiesto or calvin harris you know let that be your gateway drug and then come to my show and i'll play you 10 other songs that you've never heard of before I'd rather that than like when I was in high school and kids were listening to Puddle of Mud. I'm like so, so much better, you know? <laughs> totally. Um, what else is on deck for you? We're about to theoretically come up on summer if that ever arrives in Chicago, you know, and I know that you've always got a lot going on. So what else is happening for you? Um, well, geez, that kind of covers it, doesn't it? I mean, you, not that that's, I'm not at all suggesting that's not enough. You have so much going on. I just wanted to make sure that if you had something coming up in the future that we're plugging it, um, but you have so much happening. I know, I know. And the, there are a couple of things that are in the works, but I can't exactly talk about at the moment, but hopefully in the next couple of weeks I can. But yeah, I mean, basically the only other things I have immediately coming up would be the bootlegs, especially that I'm really excited about that twerk remix I just finished. So. That's awesome, man. Burner phones and bootlegs. This is right. the Danny Deal story. Um, thank you. Yeah, and bacon, of course. Of course. That should be the next T. Burners, bacon, and bootlegs. What I want to do, I actually found this company that makes custom scratch and sniff stickers, and one of the scents that they do is bacon. So I was like, how baller would it be if I did a limited edition run of vinyl for one of my songs, and then had the center label be scratch and sniff bacon? Oh my god, are you kidding me? Would that not be the 
best thing ever. Just like, in her hand. yeah, so my producer Layla is just so freaked. <laughs> like, shut up and take my money. That is amazing. That'd be amazing, man. Um, always really cool, like, creative, interesting, fun things happening with Danny Deal, man. You've really, you've you've done so much. I'm not saying that because you're here, man, but you're always somebody that is inspiring to me because of your work ethic and your creativity and just the way you present yourself in your work, man. So keep it up. It's always really great to talk to you. Thank you. Likewise. Awesome. Yeah. This has been the Chicagoverse Unlimited Podcast. Thanks to Danny Deal for being on the show this week. You can find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, my name is Haima Black, Dynasty Descend.